Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. This week, as always, we have another super amazing guest for you, Koya Webb. Koya is a spiritual health and wellness educator who uses daily holistic health rituals to nurture her community to optimal health mentally, spiritually, and physically. Koya is the founder of Get Loved Up Yoga School and Podcast. She's also the author of Let Your Fears Make You Fierce, which serves as a daily self-love guide for readers to practice the daily application of holistic wellness for optimal health and vitality. Koya says, life can be overwhelming with the demands of family, work and struggling finances to focus on your own dreams. Instead of realizing your potential, you browse through social media and cement the belief that you are not enough and lack what it takes to succeed. Koya shares with us that by aligning with your purpose, raising your vibration and ultimately transforming every single aspect of your life, you can achieve just about anything and that you are a success waiting to happen. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. So this morning, we have the beautiful Koya Webb, all the way from LA. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm super excited. So the way that we love to start the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration her unique story. So Koya, tell us what inspired you to do what you do today? Mm, I feel like I'm spiritually led. You know, ever since I was a little girl, I, I'm not from California, I'm from Humboldt, Tennessee. So very much a small town girl in a, in a city that I never thought I'd be able to swim in. <laughs> I'm in an ocean and, you know, not thinking I'd ever be able to live the life that I'm living now and um, make the impact in the world that I'm making now. I think growing up in a small town, you kind of stick with small dreams and I think when I first got started I was just like I just want to have a house to live in because I grew up in a trailer and it was six of us my mom my dad had two brothers and one sister and I always just wanted a house just always just wanted a home and I I remember when I was younger being a tomboy running out in the yard being just very connected to nature and just open to exploring and uncovering things. Um, I never did think it was going to lead me to the spiritual path and, you know, really uncovering health and wellness. Actually today, I I know it's going to date this, but today, uh, March 25th, uh, I, this is my 15th year on a vegan plant-based diet. So I never in a million years as a Southern girl from Tennessee thought I would be vegan for sure and healthy. And it's just my life now is so different from when I grew up. I mean, growing up, I I was always wondering, okay, where is the next meal going to come from? And uh, just being grateful to have powdered milk, grateful to have clothes that someone gifted to me and grateful um, for all the things that I have, and that's one thing that hasn't left me is just my immense sense of gratitude for life. Because I feel like when you grow up not having much and you grow up really just appreciating every dollar, I think it really never leaves you. 
even um, if you do travel and if you do find success in career, there's this knowingness that any day it can all be gone. And if it does go, will you still have your happiness? And so I think learning how to make mud pies and be happy in nature kind of set that up for me. So running outside and running to catch the bus led to my track and field career. I went to college on a college scholarship and was grateful for that as well. About my third year in college, I um, fell to the ground in pain walking from class one day and found out I had a stress fracture in my back and my track career was over. And in that one day, everything that I trained for, everything that I practiced for, everything just completely left. Everything was completely shattered with that injury. And I went into a very dark place, a very dark place of just just sadness for myself and my life, not knowing what I was going to do uh, without track and field, not having a plan B at all. And then I... I got sent to the counselor and the counselor told me to try yoga. And I'm like, what is yoga? I have no idea. I'm a Southern girl, Southern Baptist. And I had no idea what, what yoga was. And I really hadn't seen anything but pictures of Buddha. And it just seemed awkward and weird. But I didn't really have a choice. So I went to the class and it was very painful as an athlete, as a tight athlete, a tight injured athlete. I couldn't even touch my toes and everything. Um people in the class were doing it seemed like they were having bliss and I was having pain and I just didn't feel like I fit in I felt like I was I looked different I wasn't flexible I just felt like this is painful to be here everything is painful life is painful and I didn't really want to be in the world anymore and the teacher saw my frustration and she came over to me and she told me to just breathe with her and in that moment of breathing with her, I felt tingles all over my body. And I remember when I was a young girl feeling those tingles before and connecting that with spirit. Once I felt the tingles, um, my mom and dad told me, they were like, one day you'll be ready to get baptized. And I remember asking, when will I be ready to get baptized? And they're like, you'll know, you'll know. And one day the preacher was preaching. I felt the tingles. I was like, all right, that's it. That was the Holy Spirit. I'm sure of it. So I went and got baptized. So when this teacher did this breathing exercise with me and I felt the tingle, I was like, wow, that's spirit. So I must be in the right place. I'm glad I connected that with that message because I was there for an entire year practicing yoga, breathing, connecting with myself, pouring into myself. Eventually I started swimming and biking. I healed myself after a year and then I went on to compete and track the next year, ended up ranking 13th in the nation. Um, winning my conference meet. And um, that's why I moved to California was to train at the um, Olympic Training Center. Um, but I didn't have the marks to get in. So I decided to um, train close to the center and train so I can get in. And I ended up getting injured again. So this time uh, I went back to yoga because of course, once yoga healed me, I was like, thanks yoga. And then I went back to the track and didn't think about it again. But I included the stretches and I included the self-care that I learned in the process. So this time when I went into yoga, I was like, you know what? I need to know deeper about this thing called yoga. So I took my first yoga teacher training. What I learned in the yoga teacher training about the mind, the body, and the spirit and how we connected changed my life forever. And I committed, like, I want to give this gift of yoga to every single person in the world. And that's kind of part of why. I do what I do, and now I teach holistic health and yoga all around the world. Wow, I love that. And I've got a couple of questions. When you were talking about a breathing technique, because I know there's lots of breathing techniques out there. We were talking about it just the other day. There was a lady that she does the Wim Hof breathing technique. What kind of breathing technique um, were you using at that time? The simplest one ever. Deep inhale. And slow exhale. That was it. It was so simple. And yes, there's so many breathing techniques. And I do so many breathing techniques now from Nali Kriya to Kalapalabhati breath to Wim Hof method to just so many holotropic breathing. And you can go deeper and deeper with each type of breath work. But anyone listening 
right now, whenever they get stressed, whenever they get overwhelmed, if they just take a deep inhale for five counts and exhale for six counts, a little bit longer than the inhale, you will that activates the parasympathetic nervous system and it helps us calm down. And relieving stress through breath work is the number one benefit and it really helps anxiety and that's the start. So I was just doing regular breathing and then eventually um, in the class we got into ujjayi breathing, but I didn't learn the deeper types of breathing other than ujjayi. Um, we might've done breath of fire, breath of fire, Kapalabhati breath. Um, I think we probably did that, but it was very basic. It wasn't, you know, very extreme. And I, and I like to share that with people because I think people think, oh, I have to do this specific thing. And especially starting out, I feel like the simple you and the more simple and consistent you are with your breathwork practice and meditation practice, the more impact it's going to have on your life. Mm, and same with yoga. That was my other question. There are also many types of yoga. So what type of yoga do you really sort of delve into? And you talked about it, the benefits from a mind and spirit point of view. Would you like to unpack all of that for us, please? Absolutely. I feel like, you know, when you get into yoga, it's really, it's such a humbling experience, especially if you're like me, like athlete, or, you know, you just don't really embody what you would typically see in a magazine of like these yoga postures. And it's really about moving your breath and moving your body. So I got my certification in Ashtanga, which is a very, very strict form of yoga. And I think I gravitated toward it because I was an athlete. But what I teach and what I share in my book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce, is just simple poses and breath work that anyone can do. And everyone's path is different. Um, I have the path of an athlete. Uh, I'm a warrior archetype. And some people have different archetypes. And I feel like the reason there are so many different types of yoga is because we're so unique as people. And I think it's so important for people to try many types of yoga and unpack what type of yoga brings them the most joy and doing it consistently. The key is in consistency. And when it comes to breath work, the same thing. So many beautiful beautiful ways to practice breath work. And I've tried most of them. I just got my breath work certification uh, last year. And it's literally, I love teaching different types of breath work and seeing, oh, this person likes this kind. And it's just beautiful to watch people explore and unpack like what really turns that connection on for them. And it's not a one size fits all. It's the same as eating. It's like, it's not a one size fits all. It's all about exploration and finding what works for you. So when you're talking about a breathing technique, does it depend, like say, for example, if I had a headache, I use a certain breathing technique, or if I'm stressed out, I use a different breathing technique, or if I want to be more mindful and centered, do I use a a different breathing breathing technique? Is that how it works? You have different breathing techniques? Yes, that's actually a good question. It's a great question. And absolutely, there are different breath techniques depending on what you want your result to be. So say, for instance, you want to improve your digestion, Kapalabhati breath or breath of fire, where you pull your navel into your spine and you're like, you breathe really quickly. That's really stimulating your digestive system and it's building fire in the body. It's raising your chi. So you're going to feel invigorated. You're not going to want to do that if you're out hot on a summer's day. I mean, you could, but you're going to be even hotter. (laughs) You can also do that if you're really cold and you want to warm up. Whereas when you're trying to calm yourself, you know, maybe you're in some rush hour traffic or you just got in an argument with your loved one. That's when you want to do the slow three-part breath. Inhalation, hold the breath, exhalation, or four-part breath. Inhalation, hold the breath, exhalation, hold the breath. So those are more like calming and there are some breaths that are more invigorating. And then there are some breaths like Wim Hof and Holotropic that are focused. Well, Wim Hof is focused on endurance and really longevity and increasing your longevity over time. And Holotropic is based on healing trauma and really moving the breath through the body in a way that you're actually moving stagnant energy, hurt, pain, fear, trauma that has like 
deposit itself in your body. And I've experienced the release of that. So yes, that's such a great question. And that's why I think it's so important for people to research and see what kind of breath work is going to be most beneficial for you at this time. Any type of breath work is going to be beneficial, but depending on if you're really trying to unpack a, a pain or a trauma, or if you're really trying to increase your endurance or you know, what have you, you're going to pick that breath work that really resonates with the result that you want to get. Mm, great. Thank you so much for explaining that. And Koya, you actually said before that you are the warrior archetype. So does it depend on what archetype you are to what yoga is best aligned to you? Absolutely. Like, so I'm like warrior archetype, like, you know, really uh, work hard, workaholic, go-getter, ambitious, um, that's one archetype and another archetype is more, and I'm always trying to like balance my masculine and feminine energy, the masculine, the doer, the in the head, like wants to take over. So I always have to really breathe into my feminine energy and do more yin poses, slow poses, um, really take my time listening to really soft meditation music, doing more vinyasa flow and yin classes is really, really important. And I feel like depending on you know what your your goal is again just like with a breath work if your goal is to increase flexibility um then doing a nice long hold a yin practice is going to be best for you if your focus is endurance stamina and just like all over mastery of the breath the mind and the body ashtanga it really increases flexibility it increases strength it increases it detoxes your nervous system it, like it literally hits everything and i think that's why i love it so much and then vinyasa flow if you also that's more feminine as well you can flow however you want listen to your body be in child's pose the whole class you know it's very nice when you want to just you're so rigid in your life and everything's so structured, you wouldn't want to do a stronger. You would want to do vinyasa flow because it gives yourself some time to just be free and unregimented. Um, whereas if you're unregimented and you're more flowing and you're a traveler and you're a gypsy, a stronger could give you a little bit of structure and a little discipline and a little focus. So um, it's really good to balance out the type of yoga that you're doing with the type of lifestyle that you like. And do you recommend that it's probably best to find out what archetype we are first? And how do we do that, by the way? Um, or do we just go by uh, what feels right? So you were explaining the different types. So what, which one would resonate with uh, with us? Is that how you would recommend it? I'm a little bit different than most like professionals. I really embrace exploration. I've done all of them. And I embrace trying all of them because I feel like different types are going to be good for different types of your life. But if you say, okay, I'm an athlete, so I always need to do stronger. when the counterbalance of that is yin, you see how you put yourself in this box and you can't get out of it, right? So I think just trust, like the biggest thing to do is meditation every day. Because when you do meditation, you're actually going to be divinely guided into the yoga practice that is right for you. So I would say start out with the one that resonates the most, but also try the yoga poses that make you uncomfortable. Because there is comfort in being uncomfortable. And in, in the world now, we're experiencing a huge discomfort. And being able, one of the biggest practices of yoga is being able to find peace of mind and autonomous state in discomfort. And you really practice that every single day and you become a stronger person. You become stronger mentally, physically, and spiritually. So I think it's important to find, especially when you're a beginner, find what resonates with your archetype. So if you're an athlete, go for more strong. If you're kind of a gypsy, go for soft. But always be willing to try something new and to be uncomfortable so that you can challenge yourself to grow. Thank you. And Koya, where is the best place for us to find out what archetype we are? Um, really, it's just like more so what you feel. You, okay. don't, you can go online and look at different archetypes um, online, but really it's you, we really self-define ourselves and I'm the queen, you know, of like getting out of the box and getting out of the labels, even though I still use them. But whenever I catch myself using them, I'm like, yeah, throw that away. 
that is what I've done. And I think that's also why I've grown. Um, when I was 25, I was, you know, a life coach. And I remember sitting in a group of women who were in their 40s. And they're like, yeah, you know, when you're in your, when you're 25, you just don't do this. You don't know what you're doing and da, 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 da. And then they looked at me like, Koya, how old are you? And I was like, 25. And it was so interesting. I think I grew up so fast, um, just on this quest for knowledge and wisdom that I had to reverse that and go back and play. So I feel like in life today, things are so rigid. Things are so serious. Just like get yourself out of the box, get yourself out of all the labels and just go have fun. Try different types of yoga, try different types of breath work and just have a good time. One of the things I recommend the most, to be honest, is to try online. Online, there's so many different YouTube videos that you can go and try every different type of yoga and every different type of breath work. Try that first before you go to like a studio or something and spend your money, your hard-earned money, right, um, on a specific time and see what type gels with you. More than likely, that'll gel with you in person. But if you're going around and you get ready for this class and then you experience a really intense session that wasn't at all what you were thinking it was going to be, it could be very traumatizing. Mm. And what about meditation? What kind of meditation do you get into? Um, so meditation, me personally, I started off with transcendental meditation or TM. And I studied that at the Gopi Spiritual Center. And it's really just really getting yourself um, centered on a mantra and just sitting in silence with your breath and just really connecting with your breath and allowing spirit to speak with you. Um, I also do, um, you know, holotropic breathing. So it's like a breathwork meditation where you actually breathe and you're in a meditation as well. And it's usually guided. It's a um, person guiding you through the prompts and I actually teach guided meditations. So my, those are my favorite, actually, um, breathwork meditations, guided meditations and transcendental meditation. I think when you, um, in the beginning, when I started, I was best with guided. So I would highly suggest, I actually have an album on Spotify and iTunes, Meditation for Beginners. Um, and I suggest they're 10 minute meditation. So just meditating 10 to 20 minutes a day is a good start with a guided meditation. Because if you go straight to TM, you're going to hear all these thoughts. And you're going to feel like you're doing it wrong and you can't do it. And sometimes it's a little bit discouraging. I remember going in for the first time and I'm thinking about, man, I got to wash these clothes and I got to do this. And my, I just could not, they call it the monkey mind. And I cannot get my brain to stop thinking. But then when I went to the guided meditation, I was like, oh, pleasant visualizations and things to think about. And as an ambitious person, it really helped give me something to do. <laughs> I know it's weird, right? Gave me something to do while I was meditating. And then when I went back to transcendental meditation, I was able to sit in stillness and receive what I call now divine downloads. But it took a journey of me going through the guided meditations first. Mm, I love that. I love that. And it's true. It's Especially in these, um, these times, meditation is really important. People think they have to be a Zen master sitting there for like 45, 50 minutes. But it's not the case. Even just doing 10 minutes a day is a great way to rewire the brain. Right. You rewire your brain. You lower your cortisol levels. You really release these positive hormones that are going to make you feel better. And that's going to boost your immune system and you'll be healthier for the long run. Whereas if you do like, oh, I meditated for an hour and then you take two or three days off and then you meditate for an hour again. You're going to get more if you meditate 10 to 20 minutes every single day because your level of calm and peace throughout those days, having that little bit each day, is you're going to maintain this, what we call the equanimous state. So this balance between fear and love, this balance between go, go, go and slow down. And so I really encourage people to have a consistent practice. Um, in my books, I give a lot of morning routines, evening routines, nighttime routines, just to check in and ask yourself, how am I feeling? I think a lot of times we're moving so fast in life, we're just stuffing our emotions down. And it's not until we have a blow up, an injury or a sickness that we actually pay attention to ourselves. But if you're meditating daily, you're checking in with yourself every single day, you're really giving yourself an opportunity to unpack your feelings so that you can address them before they become a problem. Mm, so true. And you mentioned fear and love. And right now in the world, there's a lot of fear. How does one move into love? Because I know for me, for example, I won't watch the news. I won't listen to the radio and I won't read a newspaper. 
purely because I'm an empath, I'm very sensitive. And uh, for me, if I need to know, I'll go on a government website to find out exactly what's going, but I will just block myself out. And I know that sometimes, you know, I, um, I fall into that fear um, space and then I catch myself and then I uh, look at Catherine, you, this is fear talking right now. So it's, it's about consciously being aware of it and then taking my, my energy out of my mind into my heart and immerse my heart with love. Um, what, what are your tricks? Like how can we move away from fear? I just see fear and love as natural as night and day. And I feel like when you realize that fear is your friend and fear is just feedback to places within yourself and within the world that need more love. And you don't want to turn your back on fear because fear is your friend. And as you breathe into fear, you start to heal the world because even if you never address fear, if you never see it, you're still, you're, we're one and whole. So if someone is suffering somewhere, someone is suffering everywhere. And when you make that connection, you're part of the collective healing. Mm. And if you're not part of the collective healing, then it's part you're part of the collective problem or the or the other other pain, you know, that we can't figure out because there's a pain within that doesn't want to see and acknowledge a natural part of life. Mm. So what I tell people is just look at fear as your friend, look at it as feedback. Now you don't want to, just like a friend, you don't, you know, you get tired if that friend comes over every single day knocking on the door, right? So it's not like you have to have discernment and you have to have boundaries when it comes with how much fear and how much love. You have to have a balance of it. Again, just like night and day. When you experience fear, it's time to rest, recover, reflect, and really unpack like, what is it that I am afraid of? Am I afraid of what I'm seeing? Am I afraid of what I'm hearing? Do I not know what to believe? Do I feel out of control? Do I feel so in all those feelings, when you address them, they actually heal other places in your life. So anytime fear comes up, whether it's world fear, whether it's personal fear, it's an opportunity for love. It's an opportunity for growth and expansion. And I feel a roller coaster of fear all the time because I'm empathic too. And I really have to be, be very cautious of how much of the news I'm consuming. I don't have a TV in my home. So I'm very balanced, but I do check in, you know, just to make sure like what I, the things that I need to tell myself and my community on how to deal with that fear. Mm. Because I know addressing it and, and looking at it, just like I would look at myself, what I have fear is going to help not only myself, but it's going to help my family and it's going to help my community. But if I don't look at it, then I really don't know how to unpack it. I don't know how to speak to it. I don't know how to address it because I'm not allowing myself to feel. So fear, I look at it as my friend, it is not a bad thing. And we just have to learn. We have to learn how to process the pain, the personal pain, the community pain, the world pain. And when we start to process that pain, instead of pretending that it doesn't exist, then we're realizing that we're not alone. We're all processing the same pain and trauma. But on the other side of that is transformation. On the other side of that is evolution. On the other side of that is global awakening. But it takes all of us looking at it, helping with our unique gifts and talents and voices. All of us looking at it and saying, okay, fear, what's up? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to tell me? How can I serve? And when every single person in this world wakes up to that and does that, that's when we start our global healing. Mm, I, I, so, you know, when you were talking about the collective or the collective unconscious, whatever that may be, I know that when I step out and I'm amongst it, I feel the fear. And uh, mm -hmm. as you would too, being an empath. And for me, it's about, it's more of uh, understanding it's there, but really, really tapping into my heart chakra, like really immersing and, and like it's almost like I visualize this light coming through my heart and out to others and being more compassionate to others and supporting to others. But it's still there. Like the, I guess the 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 energy of it, it's still around us. It's how do we uh, be conscious not to get caught up in it? I think. 
Right. Well, that's why boundaries are really important. So deciding how much, like you said, how much you can consume, um, whether you want it through the news or social media or just a friend relaying the message. So boundaries are really important. And then having a coping mechanism. So when I feel fear, I do breath work when I get too much news or, you know, too much um, downloads from people as an empath. I, I use breath work, yoga, meditation, also um, tapping you know, EFT, um, emotional freedom technique, like that, those things are, are for us and they're very natural and they're free and there are ways we can process some of those fears. And again, not only for ourselves, but for others at the same time, because fear is just going to keep on showing up until it's addressed. It, it wants to be friends and we have to lean into it and we have to listen to fear. We have to acknowledge fear and know that it is natural. And it's just asking to be balanced with the soulmate, which is love. And so um, I feel like, you know, just really breathing into it, knowing how much you you can take, creating those boundaries in your life, creating your boundaries about how you want to address it in your community or in the world. Like you even having this podcast, you might like, you might say, I don't want to look at the news and I don't want to go outside in it. But even having this podcast, and you have me on the podcast and I'm talking about it, So that's what you're doing. That's the beautiful thing. Our ways of dealing with world issues, our ways of loving does not have to be the same. You don't have to love the way I love. And that's why when we release judgment, we share it inspires, right? But it doesn't have to be one specific way. It literally has to be whatever feels the highest and truest to your own soul. And the more we share, the more our souls and our hearts start to open up. And then they start to expand and our capacity starts to expand. And that's when it starts to trickle out. So I think it's very important not to get in shame and judge, but also offer these stories and offer these perspectives like you're doing with this podcast. It's such a huge huge, huge service to the world. And in doing that, even if you never went outside, never turned on the news, you're still breathing love into humanity. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm, it's so true. Absolutely. And I think it is about showing others, uh, you know, it, not not judging how others are perceiving what's going on or you know, what's, you know, as they perceive it as their reality. The fact is, it's just more like you said, sharing and loving and, and maybe guiding them in other ways that you could see what's going on as well, which I think is really important. So, Koya, you do, we were talking about, um, you know, meditation, we were talking about yoga, breath work. How does uh, balancing balancing chakras fit in all of this? Uh, well, balancing the chakras are so important because it's not anything that I grew up with, you know. I grew up with prayer, I grew up with sitting in stillness, but I never knew what a chakra was. And chakras are just wheels of energy. And we are just energy in and of ourselves. But once I learned that there are different energy centers in the body that you can balance and that get blocked, I wanted to know more about them. And so now I actually study our different energy centers. The root starts at the base of your spine, you know, as you're sitting down, it's like your seat. And that's all about safety and security. And then it goes up to your sacral that's right below your navel. And that's all about creativity and expression. And then your center is your solar plexus. And that's all about standing in your power. And then your heart is about giving and receiving love. Your throat is about expression and speaking the truth. Your third eye is about intuition. And your crown, which is on your head, is about being divinely guided. So when you tune into each chakra and ask, is this energy center being fully expressed? Is it, is it balanced? Is it unbalanced? So in my book, it, it, it is intense, you know, but once you learn it, you're able to see when they're balanced or not. So in my book, I give people a checklist where they can check off like how they're feeling so they can see if are their chakras balanced, overproductive or underproductive. And then once you breathe into that, you start to realize that, okay, you know, maybe I'm not secure. I've been traveling a lot. I'm not grounded. I need to get grounded. And that's why I'm feeling a little disconnected. And then you do that. Or you might be like, oh, when this happened to me, I stopped expressing myself. Someone told me I couldn't sing. So I stopped singing. I stopped expressing myself. And then you start to express. I remember as a little girl, I was singing, and no mountain high enough, a little bit too much on my karaoke machine. And my dad was like, shut 
up and you know because I was singing it and singing and so I got so hurt with him saying that because I value my father's I'm a daddy's girl and when he said that it just broke my little heart and I felt like I couldn't sing there's like so many and he didn't mean anything by he was just you know working tired I was singing way too much but I carried that with me like I I don't need to be heard I don't want to be heard I'm not no one wants to hear what I have to say. And it took me a while to just really working on my chakras and breathing into my voice to be able to sing, just like I sang just now, just without judgment and not worrying about what someone else thinks. You have a beautiful voice, by the way. Thank you. Absolutely beautiful. So with the, the chakras, so as you're saying, so as we connect with our chakra, wherever it is, whether it's base, so we go through, we're kind of doing a body audit and then we're asking these energy centers, are they balanced? And if they are, let's say, over or under, so if the if the chakra is overproductive or underproductive, are there different techniques depending on what's coming up for you? Absolutely. So say, for instance, if your root chakra is underactive, if your root chakra is underactive, then you're going to like, you know, you need to get up and move, you know, you're just sitting at home, you you are stuck in your bubble, you don't really get out, which all of us are going to have underproductive root chakras if we're not getting out to exercise. That's why, that's why it's so important for you to exercise and move and we're working out in the home and doing things like that. Um, so that doesn't become over underproductive. When it's overproductive, you're traveling all the time. You're always on the go. You can't sit still. So when it's underproductive, you need to get out, go out inside, go for a walk. We do a mile a day with um, my company, Get Loved Up. Um, get some time in nature. Just move. And then when it's overproductive, you need to ground yourself. So even if you're in hotels all the time, getting the same sense, bringing some crystals with you, um, doing things that really ground you so that you don't feel like you're all over the place because then you'll start losing things and forgetting things and wondering, you know, where your head's at. But just the grounding of having similar scents, having an altar, creating an altar in your um, your hotel room, or just grounding down, having a balance of grounding for a couple of months, then traveling a couple of months, it's going to make you more balanced. When it comes to um, expression and creativity, um, that's your sacral chakra. If it's underproductive, then you're suppressed. You don't create, you don't sing, you don't write, you don't draw. Maybe you feel blocked off because of like I had childhood trauma. Well, the key there is to start with like coloring or maybe singing in your shower, maybe doing a dance in the comfort of your own home. If it's overproductive, you're singing, you're dancing, you're all over the place. I mean, you're doing it so much that people are like, please stop, you know, which is, it was probably overproductive when I was a young girl. <laughs> and so when it was over, I say overproductive, overactive, um, both the same thing. And so when that happens, you really want to balance and you really want to pull back a little bit and say, okay, how can I ground? And you usually ground by going back to the first chakra. And just doing things in your home, checking in, like, why do I feel like I need to be so loud and so big? And usually it's like a over, it's like an overcompensation for a, a scarred ego. And you feel like you have to do more and more and more and more. And it's not rooted in purpose, it's rooted in pain. And whenever we're doing things that is rooted in pain, it's like working in vain. Whenever you so that's why paying attention to the chakras, you can realize, oh, I'm overdoing that. How can I pull back? And then you say, and where is the pain coming from? Where was my ego hit? Maybe told, someone told me I wasn't doing enough. And then I start overdoing. So really, and then there's a fear that if I don't do more, then I'm not going to get ahead. And then when you unpack that fear and you realize, oh, it's because of what someone said, you realize, okay, that fear of me doing that was my friend and it was showing me that, hey, this hurt, acknowledge it, and then you unpack it and then you can really breathe into a more balanced state of being. Mm. And you also said, because I know this comes up a lot because we do have a lot of women that listen to this show, that standing in your power, so this is coming from the solar plexus. So how does one stand in their power or have a voice or be heard? The most important thing, and it is so important for women, it is just like, because we're often overlooked and we're often put on the back burner and, and you know, we're often, okay, well, the man first, the woman next. And 
when you're in that position, whenever you're being mistreated, say something. And whenever you see someone else being mistreated, say something that is standing in your power. Whenever you feel uncomfortable expressing yourself. And um, I have this thing I call uh, six steps to love. And it's like, number one is just awareness, just acknowledging how you feel. And then number two is like comforting and compassion. So kind of nurturing, like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. And then number three is forgiveness. So forgiving the person, like knowing that a lot of times when we get hurt, people don't intend to hurt us. It's like they're functioning in their world based on their perception. Um, And then the next one is grounding in love. So how can you love yourself more? And you love yourself more by remembering, which is the next step, remembering who you are, which you are love. And then the last step is expressing. So expressing your truth, sharing how you feel, and sharing it from a space of love versus pain, fear, and hurt. And so when you do those steps, you are coming from a loving place. You're addressing what's wrong. You're not like overlooking it and saying, oh, I'm fine. It's it's fine. It's okay for me to be mistreated. You know, I can do it. No, like the more that we lean into love and then the more we acknowledge when we're not feeling love or we're feeling hurt or we're feeling stepped on or we were feeling unacknowledged, the more we breathe into that, the more we have the opportunity to be treated with love. But we have to say something because so, if someone is not loving us and we don't say anything, then we are not loving us. So that's two people not loving because mm, as you're saying it, I'm seeing it. I'm a visual person as well. And so I'm seeing that you're by standing in your power, you're actually activating your heart chakra because it's about loving and respecting and connecting with yourself. But then it's a lot and then it moves into the throat chakra, which then you are speaking, uh, which is the expression piece. So it mm-hmm. kind of moves up, doesn't it? It moves into one exactly. into another. Yes, every chakra builds on the other. And if you're trying to balance your heart chakra, the more you go back to your root, your sacral, your solar plexus, that's going to affect your heart, you know, and the more you move up, the more you need to balance the first ones in order to get more out of it. And then the top one, your crown, the more you want to be divinely guided. Well, if you're standing your power in all these other places, you're going to be in alignment with that guidance because that guidance is who you are. Mm. The oneness, like that is who we are. We are one in this this unique uh, expression. You know, it, we have an infinite amount of connection, an infinite amount of energy, an infinite amount of power. But it's about removing the blocks and trauma against us connecting with that divinity. Mm, I love that, and that that's that's how you get to the crown, right? The ex- the expansion, the spiritual growth. Exactly. The intuition comes first. So the third eye um, in in the middle of the forehead, that intuition comes with, you know, speaking your truth and and really making time for meditation because it's in the stillness and it's in the, you know, sitting in a quiet space that you start to receive that intuition and that divine guidance. The more that you have the grounding of the root chakra, the expression, that expression really gets out like pain and trauma and you're moving. It really moves your chi of your whole entire body. And then that standing in your power. So you're not from a place of weakness and then giving and receiving love, the heart chakra. You're like, okay, I know how to love and be loved. The throat, you're fully expressed and you're open to your intuition. And that's when you can make moves and you realize, okay, I can see clearly loving myself is loving others doing these things for myself is affecting humanity. It is affecting the whole. And that's when you come into oneness and you start to realize how connected we are and interconnected we are in the world. Mm. You've given us some uh, real valuable uh, information and tips. I'm, I'm looking, there's breath work, there's yoga, there's chakra. What do you think <laughs> is one skill that our listeners could start with uh, or something that's really important that everyone must have? I would say the breath work and meditation out of all of them, because even if you can't move your body, even if you're like sick right now, you can breathe, you know, really um, do different types of breath work. And I would say at least the three part breath. So inhalation, hold the breath and then exhalation. Again, that's going to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So um, when seeing things on TV or when experiencing like uh, diagnosis or something like that. That's that's something everyone can do. Mm. And then I think the meditation just, you know, not always have to having to have stimulation from social media or a movie or a conversation, just being able to sit with yourself 
that's going to open you up to that intuition, that divine guidance, um, which are in the higher chakras. So I think the breath work and meditation, I would say those two together, because, you know, we can't breathe. And I think just sitting in stillness is going to allow um, you to be divinely guided to really balancing the other chakras. Mm, love it. So, Koya, as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? Oh, right now, my one word is expression. Mm, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's all about being fully expressed. Yeah. And that came out in your singing. So, I love that. And the last question as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration is to share three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be three practical exercises for our audience today? Okay. Exercises um, or inspiration quotes. Oh, uh, so, so whatever, whatever you think is, is uh, more practical um, in these times. Okay. Well, number one, something that we talked about before is something, a chapter in my book, and it's called, I'm not a victim, I'm a creator. Realizing and acknowledging we all go through traumatic things in life, some mental, some spiritual, and some physical. And when we go through these situations, acknowledging them, acknowledging the pain and acknowledging the frustration, and then realizing the opportunity for growth is shifting that fear that it might happen again, shifting the pain, the trauma into love. And when you do that, you become a creator. So, so many times, like when I had the injury, I was a victim. I was a victim of overworking out and working out too hard and going to gym too hard. And I got this injury. But what did I create with that? No, I didn't go to the Olympics and I didn't get a gold medal. So am I a failure? Well, no, because my goal and mission was to make a huge difference in the world. And so now, without having to run around the track in circles, I still love it, but I'm making a difference in the world. So my mission is still being accomplished. So instead of being a victim, I became a creator. And we all can do that. When we're dealt these lemons and when things change and we lose our jobs and times are uncertain and we don't know what to do, that's the time to pour into self-care, self-reflection, and rituals to build yourself up. And if you build yourself up, eventually you will thrive. Maybe not in the way you thought you would thrive, but in a specific way that is alignment with your unique mission. And I know that for sure I've seen it happen for myself. I've seen it happen for so many of my clients and people in my community. And it's all about pouring into love, really doing the work, doing the work, doing the self-reflection, diving deep within your soul. And what is on the other side of that is bliss, is happiness, is true joy. It's not in a job. It's not in a relationship. It's becoming, it's in becoming fully expressed. It's in unpacking your gifts and talents and being able to share them unapologetically. That was a long one. So <laughs> I would think that was a lot in one, but. <laughs> no, I loved it. So what would be the second one? The second one I think would be, you know, really, really eat healthy, really take care of yourself nutritionally. I think. A plant-based diet is so important for our health and it's so important for our environment. And I think, you know, with everything going on in the in the world today, it's just so important to um, be mindful of where your food is coming from and what happened to your food to get to your plate and just being intentional about food choices and nutrition choices and what you're putting into your body, also being being intentional about what you're putting into your mind, what you're consuming on the TV, what you're consuming on social media, as you were speaking to earlier, which is being very mindful of your consumption nutritionally and, and mentally as well. Mm. And then the third one. The third one. Oh, gosh. Like, I would say move your body. So whether it's yoga or dancing around your home or biking or hiking or walking, um, or whatever way you can move, move your body, um, raise your chi energy. I like to put on my favorite music. Um, I list some of my playlists in my book. 
um, Let Your Fears Make You Fears. I have a playlist with lyrics and a playlist without lyrics. And it just make, brings me joy. And one thing that I do with my community and in my yoga teacher trainings is like, we have this thing called hashtag dance daily, where we just turn on someone's favorite song and we just dance. If you look on my social media, I have this one called Love Train. And I'm like, um, I'm getting everyone on the lo love train. And it's just so much fun just to just to move. So that would be my third tip, like move your body. Oh, I love that one. I uh, actually, not that long ago, I uh, did uh, uh, every Tuesday, I do Transformational Tuesday little videos. And I was saying that dancing in the kitchen, it's just so good for the soul. I just feel like it's just releasing and you're moving. Love it. So good. So where is the best place for our listeners to find you? You can find me on my website at koyaweb.com, K-O-Y-A-W-E-B-B. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all the places under my name, Koya Webb. And you'll see my company as well, Get Loved Up. And Get Loved Up is all about um, loving yourself, loving others, and loving the planet. I love Get Loved Up. It's so cool. So, Koya, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, sharing your wealth of wisdom and your energy with us. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having this podcast. And thank you for inspiring so many women worldwide. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and you keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplanner.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.